You are pushing record. Hello, everyone. I'm talking to Phil on his show, baby. This is going to be fun. I can tell. Yeah, you are, man. Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. No fan of Pfizer, I can assume. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm no fan of uh, people putting – I'm no fan of myself putting untested uh, chemicals into my body. You know, uh, big companies, they can exist and people can choose to buy products from chemical companies from anything. Now, if they're forced to take chemicals from chemical companies, I'm not a fan of that at all. But if, if people, people can put whatever they want to put in their bodies, okay? But uh, I'm no fan of anyone saying, you better put that in your body, Mr. Meister. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not down with that. I am, I am a healthy guy. I don't, uh, during flu seasons, I mean, I've lived through plenty of flu seasons. I have never even desired the freaking flu shot at all. Never. So why would I desire any other shot? I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to build that immune system, right? And the best way to do that is to get sick and power through it. But that, that's really the, the biggest thing, man. Like people don't have the freedom of choice. And the only thing that we do uh, have the freedom to choose is now our, our money, especially on days like today when it uh, just tips 28K. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that was, I woke up, you know, we're, we're scheduled to do this. And I stayed up late last night, like I keep on doing. And so I, I, I see like, a uh, half hour, hour before I woke up, like, whoa, and it dropped a little bit more than I anticipated, but it, it's already backed into the 30, in the mid 30s or whatever, which is low compared to where it was, but it's high compared to where it was last year. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's all perspective and the people have put Elon Musk on a pedestal. The ignorant people <laughs> out there still react to China FUD after all these years. Dude, I have seen China FUD every darn year since 2013. It, it, it works like a charm. Like China says something, we can't panic. It is unbelievable. In the long run, it keeps going. I, I was around when people, when China FUD was affecting people and Bitcoin was $300. I mean, I mean, and people sold at $300 because they were scared of FUD or they were scared of Mike Hearn. Um, that was a rage quit that was, uh, you know, what put Mike Hearn, he was a developer on, on a pedestal, just like they're putting uh, uh, Elon Musk on a pedestal. It looks so silly when you look back on it, but people continue to fall for it. And this will all look ridiculous soon enough also. <laughs> yeah, I had Fire Haas on about a year ago. And one of the biggest takeaways, which is what the title of the episode was, is that he's like, Phil, never short stupidity. And, and today is like the best day that, uh, that proves that. Oh yeah, people act in herds. There, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of newbies in that have just had the amazingly weak hands. You, you said Friar Hass was on. It was Hass McCook that said that. On Hell show? yeah! Yeah, man, I hung out with him in Sydney. I, I was in his car. I have never been in a car that has accelerated like that before. The dude like jumped three lanes <laughs> at once. It felt like I was on a roller coaster. I have never. It was a good car. It was a nice SUV. Unbelievable acceleration. Never, I never felt like I'm, I was on a roller coaster in a on a highway before like that. But he's awesome. He's he's great. And, and you're speaking about freedom. They don't have much, you know. For years and years, we've had all these uh, people, mostly Americans, mostly uh, smug Americans who think they're smart. They're like, oh, Canada and Australia are so free. They're, the people are so. Uh, 
sophisticated now, and now they're under fascist rule. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what is, especially in Australia. I mean, people can't go visit Australia now. I mean, the lockdowns there were horrendous. In Canada, it's it's disgraceful that, <laughs> I mean, what they did in Ontario, and it, it's just so funny that when it comes down to it, what this last year has shown that you know Florida and Texas are the best places to freaking live, and you know they might not be too glamorous. But dude, uh, I, I would rather, I would not rather be anywhere else but the United States during this entire, uh, since, since last March. I mean, it, it's really embarrassing what has happened in Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Canada. But worse, worse in Australia and New Zealand than Canada. And I've been to all, I've been, I spent plenty of time in all those places before. And they are beautiful places. And it's just, it is shocking that it has come to this, and, and that the people are that weak too. Um, and, and it, well, I don't want to per se put on the on the people. The, the the system we have in the United States, the federalist system, where you know where where the states have some say, where there's 50 different experiments, it's really paying off nicely now. Because um, if it was just like a federal, if the federal in D.C. if they had more power, um, we, we'd be in deep doo doo. It, it would have been a, it would have been a lot different. Like uh, everyone would have done the same thing in all the states. It was great. That and Florida. Well, especially Florida, but then Texas, you know, they stood their ground and they really helped switch this, switch this around. Because when people, you know, recently when it, when it turned 2021, I think people started seeing like, wait a second, you know, people aren't dropping dead here and Florida, Florida and, and Texas aren't as strict as the other places. And what's going on? And, and if, if it weren't for those shiny examples, we might be more like Canada, who knows? But so, so, um, yeah, that went off on a tangent there, but think about Hasma Cook. But whenever I hear one of these awesome Australian Bitcoiners' names, I mean, I just, I think of my time there and how glorious it was and how, how it just impossible it seems like what they're going through now. Like that they were locked down in their freaking houses for so long, like freaking China. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> no, I agree, man. Like you're preaching to the choir here. It's funny. It, like... All of those uh those shining golden boy examples aside, like Texas and Florida, you if you have a top down like federal system like on a mass scale, like soft money creates soft people and the herd will just follow. But you know it, it's funny the more Europeans I have on the show or the more Europeans I meet or even hear on Twitter and see in other interviews, it, I don't know if it's just because they're loud Bitcoiners, but I think in general like Europeans just are harder people like they don't give a fuck like i i i i seem to find that um i don't know well in terms of <laughs> yeah, like, it the, depends on the european i think the europeans we the europeans we encounter on bitcoin are special yeah <laughs> they, they they're they're pretty if you're a european and you got into bitcoin you're pretty hardcore um but there are a lot of herd followers out there there, there are a lot of weak there are a lot of weak europeans i mean there's there's definitely independence it is the majority yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there's uh, the the ones that are independent are mighty independent. I I will say that and, and use their brains. But there's some of them that just have totally bought into the uh, a leftist narrative, and uh, there they, a lot of them have followed these lockdowns pretty. I mean, we <laughs> it was the Europeans who uh, they, they blindly followed. Uh, a fascist uh, leader uh, qu quite uh, memorably in, in the uh, 30s and 40s. So uh, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, they, they've had their embarrassments in the past. So 
really the, the Germans, I, I've been, some of the Germans should have been protesting a little. I mean, it doesn't seem like some Germans learned uh, from that example because a lot of Germans uh, follow their government rules, their, their, their dictatress qu quite a bit during this situation. But I will say this, the, the, the German and Austrian Bitcoiners that I know uh, have been great. They, they, the Bitcoiners, right? I'm just saying the general population, some of them are they're pretty disgraceful. Um, yeah. But the, 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 Euro, the European Bitcoiners, uh, yeah, I love them. They, they, they're, there are some pretty hardcore dudes over there. And I mean, they are fighters for Bitcoin. They, they, they yeah. don't really talk. To, I mean, it's just like Francis Puglio is, is a Canadian, is, is, yes. is, a, is a Quebecer, okay? But he he doesn't act like most uh, most Canadians accepted this nonsense. I mean, he's the complete opposite. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I will say like like the Bitcoiners that are foreigners are like exponentially harder than I feel like I could ever be. I think that's what I tried to I, what I was trying to say. Like they just blow me away in just how hardcore they are. Yeah. Wow. But because they because they've had to deal with <laughs> with all forms of. Uh, <laughs> Of government, all, all, all forms of statism that we cannot even imagine, I, I guess, that, that we haven't had to deal with. I mean, uh, in Europe, you know, speaking of Germany, they, they, they have these free, you know, they limit their freedom of speech. And that, that's been a thing for a long time. And again, Germany obviously went through some horrible things in, in, in the 1940s, horrible things. Um, and you can make up, people should be able to make up lies about that if they want to. Uh, but you're not allowed to make up lies about that if you want to in Germany, um, which in, in a sense, I, I mean, it, it protects people's feelings and whatnot. But uh, again, the, the Europeans are used to, they, they, uh, some of them definitely trend toward limiting speech in terms of, uh, and, and that is limiting freedom. That really, that's cutting down on arguments and it, it, it's, it's scary stuff. So we've got European counterparts that have had to deal, you know, that, can extrapolate on, uh, you know, what, 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 when you go down the rabbit hole of limiting freedom of speech, where that leads you. So they are very vocal about, you know, because freedom of money is a, is, is a form of, of freedom of speech. I mean, Bitcoin is, is a form of a, a freedom of speech. It's a, a uncensorable, okay? You cannot stop it. And, it. and it allows people to be funded, you know, in this cancel culture that we're living in the United States right now, uh, when people are being deplatformed, in, in the end of the day, some of them, the only way they might be supported financially uh, is through, uh, through Bitcoin, uh, through people sending them Bitcoin donations, and thus it will keep their voices alive. So uh, one, can, one can see how wise Europeans who, who have to deal with these, and I think Canadians even have, they don't have uh, the same freedom of speech that we do, um, uh, why they would be so hardcore about uh, Bitcoin. And they, they seem to be willing to like go to war uh, easier than most Americans. Uh, well, not most Americans. Like me, I don't feel like I need to get into these curse matches on Twitter or whatever, but some, some, some of the Europeans are very defensive and Canadians can be very uh, defensive with Bitcoin. Like if, if someone attacks Bitcoin, they, they're going to war. I mean, it, it's, like, it's like the end of the world type of situation. I, I, I'm, I'm calm about it. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. They're going to be haters out there. You know, Peter Schiff doesn't bother me very much. It's 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 a big gimmick to me what he does. I don't I don't find him threatening, and I I find it sometimes a, a waste of time when you're when you're dealing with these trolls. But I I understand why some people are, are very defend Bitcoin like it is a freaking war out there. Yeah, man, I I agree, and I've only been in Bitcoin really not even two years, but 
even in that short amount of time, I've been able to be like complacent with just all of the noise that happens. And at first, when I was trying to like propagate like the good word Bitcoin, uh, it's only recently that I just kind of acted like a duck and just let it roll off my back and be like, you know, people are gonna figure it out like sooner or later. But um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to have like that state of of grace and and peace and just contentness like. People will find it on their own merits and Bitcoin is just going to keep doing this thing even when it drops like over 50% or like whatever. So, you know, it's just that, that state of bliss. But, um, you know. You know it, it's great that you have attained that state of bliss in less than two years. Because usually it takes like I mean, four, four it, it, some days are easier than others. Because <laughs> usually it takes people four years. Like you've got to live through a cycle to understand, okay, I've seen this China fund before. I've seen this drop before. I've seen all these supposed smart people panic before in the mainstream. And, and it doesn't bother. Like it just rolls off my back. Like, I mean, some people kind of wonder like, well, how can you just you know, go about your regular day when it drops $20,000 in you know, a two day period? I've been predicting this for a while. I mean, yeah. it's, it is glorious that we can live through a time where Bitcoin drops $20,000 and it's still $35,000. There, there was a time when it was you know, $1,000. If it dropped $1,000, it would have been at zero. So, I mean, we're living through some awesome times right here. But I mean, I've, 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 there'll be days that are worse than this when we get to the six digit round, when it's over $100,000. Exactly. Will be, there will be actually days where it drops like $30,000 in a day. All right, yeah. great. That'll be great. It'll be worth $100,000. Great, great. I mean, the people that give those criticisms are just lazy. They don't understand it. And so then they're not going to invest the time to zoom out and look in the past and see how far we've come, where we are and all this stuff. But speaking of zooming out in, in the past, I really don't know a whole lot about you. Like, I know you got the show and everything, but I'm interested in hearing your story if you're not too jaded uh, telling it by, okay. by this time. But like, you know, even before Bitcoin, like, what were you, you doing uh that, what, that's what, what i like i like were to, you in school whatever just <laughs> I, how, I like, like to, your journey so far yeah i like to i like i like talking about the old days and stuff so no, i'm not i'm not jaded in, in sharing that uh, that story hell yeah well, I, i'm from baltimore um i grew up in the suburbs of baltimore maryland and, you're a ravens uh, fan hmm? you ravens, ravens fan oh yes yes but i i gave up what i haven't watched an nfl game since uh what's his face started kneeling i was in uh I was, oh, in Las, I, was uh, in, I was in Las Vegas uh, since uh, the 49er guy, Neil. I'm not going to name his name. When the NFL became ridiculously political uh, in 2016, I, I just I stopped watching the games. I, but I, I'm, I'm a huge Orioles fan. I, I grew up, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they were around before the Ravens. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I try not – you know, it's it's you got to put it in perspective, people. I used to be a much bigger sports fan. I spent so much time on it, and not spending for, any time for the record, I'm not. I don't even know why I asked, just for the sake of conversation. But I don't do the sports ball very well. But no, no, no. no. Of, of course, you're you're in Austin, Texas, so the it just it's all around you. You cannot avoid what the the this. You can't avoid the oh. Longhorn. I, I, I got I got a Longhorn right behind me. That that's what that is. If you can. So, tell. I mean, and it, that's it's a past. It's it, they love football in Texas. Love it, love it, love it. But so you ask the football, it's 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 ingrained in your head. But no, um, I I instead instead of spending a bunch of time studying uh, NFL statistics uh, since 2016, I, I studied a lot about money, which was a good decision. But I've already bought Bitcoin. Uh, then, but but go, going back to, to yeah, I grew up 
I grew up like any uh, kid in the suburb and, uh, you know, just your, your typical, uh, uh, you know, my, my parents loved me, sent me to the, you know, the best uh, schools uh, possible and, and everything, uh, re really valued education. And uh, so, so, so what did I do, you know, given, given all these nice middle-class things, I decided, uh, you know what, I want to buy a house in the uh, ghetto of Baltimore and get a bunch of other people to move to a block in the ghetto of Baltimore. And just by living there, we'll make it better. We're not going to flip the houses. We're going to live it in them. And it was called the Buy a Block Project. And it was something, you know, when I look back on it now, it was like kind of, you know, sacrificing myself. It could have been sacrificing myself. I mean, there, there were dangers. People, there was a murder on my block, at least one. Um, during, during my stay there, but it was a great, it was a great experience. You know, it was for the greater good to make Baltimore good and make Baltimore better because Baltimore is a disgrace. I mean, it is, it, what is experienced uh, uh, since the, the 1950s is, is unbelievable. Um, just how it's totally fallen apart. Wait, so you, you yourself moved there like after college and everything or? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I devised this project and I got a bunch of people to do it with me. We oh, had like cool. thir 13 houses on the block. We moved. So, you know, I, 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 I worked in the technology before that and stuff. Like I, I worked for other people and uh, I decided I didn't like that. So I worked for my, I've been working for myself for quite some time. I, I so made like, a, are, are you a uh, developer or were you in sales or? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm marketing. I went to Washington University in St. Louis with a, a major in marketing. I, I'm just got a business mind. I don't, but I've always loved the internet. Uh, and yeah. I, and I love space. I love progress. I love innovation, and I love you know doing things a little bit different. And uh, so, instead of being you know this this you know a developer with real estate, I was like a a guy who lived uh, developed by living there and getting other. And so we moved into empty houses or semi. Some were kind of empty. People said I mean, there's all all sorts of combinations. Some needed more work than others, and it got it got a lot of attention in Baltimore City, to say the least. It got, it got me, I mean, I, was, I became a community activist or whatever. Uh, but around, uh, when we started having the financial crisis, uh, I really, uh, I started getting more interested in alternative finance. Uh, you know, just being in real estate, uh, I knew a little bit about finance <laughs> through, you know, I had to buy a house, although the house only cost me $41,000. You and, uh, did uh, Kiyosaki fan? Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't know about him uh, back then. But definitely didn't know about that then. So what would affected me back then was like Doug Casey, um, who was who's kind of an anarchist, uh, a, a guy who became wealthy through just relying on himself and, and just you know not not following the herd to say the least. But we were uh, there. There was a lot of suspicion about bailouts and why everything was falling apart in 2008 and 2009. And so I was into all sorts of uh, alternative financial sites and uh, it was kind of a downer then. I was not, I thought like everything was going to fall apart, uh, which was what a lot of these doomers were saying. But what I, what I eventually learned is that, you know, it, it, the world doesn't end. You know, some people are going to become poorer but a lot of people became wealthy during the Great Depression, and that was a lot worse than uh, the financial problems of 2008 and 2009. Uh, so I, I, I did hear about Bitcoin. I don't know when the first time was, but it, it had to be around 2010 or 2011. 
I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't write. I know by definitely by 2012, I knew about it. And I, so because I was on these alternative websites, alternative financial websites, so people were talking about it. And some, some people who, who ended up being really unreliable conspiracy theorists were talking about it. And I, I, it, just, it just goes to show you that some people can be insane on certain things, but they, they can inform you about the early about, about other aspects of it. So yeah, by, by 2012, um, I'm still living in the ghetto of Baltimore and uh, I, I, I'm learning about Bitcoin, uh, but I'm not buying Bitcoin. And I'm kind of in a rut there. Like, uh, you know, just, just, I'm living in this big house. <laughs> it, was a, it was an awesome house. And, you know, Baltimore's still a vicious place. You know, I didn't really, I made the block better, but what can one, what can one person do for all, a city like, uh, that, that's really ingrained it with a certain mindset. I mean, personal responsibility is a new counterculture. You know, I made my life better, but other people have to choose to make their lives better. And there, there weren't a lot of people making their lives uh, exactly better. And they're still not in Baltimore. I mean, during this whole crisis, I mean, the, the people just rely on the government for answers. It's, it's unbelievable. So um, I, I probably skipped a few things here, but uh, I, 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 I really noticed that, that Bitcoin had surged and then would drop and um, I kept my eye on it. And, and then in the uh, August of 2013, I had an unfortunate experience when uh, walking to the club one evening. Uh, literally, I was, I was going to this DJ's event. I was on the guest list, so I had no money with me. Um, I was walking on, on a lovely street in Baltimore City, and uh, some youths approached me with a, a gun. And uh, I, uh, I, it was either fight or flight, baby. And uh, I, I, uh, I ran and I screamed and uh, they ran and they screamed in the other direction. <laughs> and I was so happy, you know, instead of, um, you know, some people were traumatized by, by certain those things. I, you know, I, I'm, you could tell I have a lot of energy and everything like that. And I was on fire. I was just like, yeah. Then, and so the police came and everything. They took me downtown and they, you know, they, they got the report and then they uh, drove me to the club. So I, you know, I, I entered the club through and I was just so happy. I was telling people, I'm like, yes, I survived. Yes. But at that point I decided, I'm like, I'm not dying in this freaking city, man. I am not dying in this city. I am selling my house. I am getting out of here. That was the spark that woke me up. I am traveling around the world. I am living my life. I, ha I don't owe Baltimore City a darn thing. I owe me, you know, I got to live the life I want to live. And uh, that was August. And then by November, I bought my first two Bitcoin. And by January, I had sold the house and uh, I started traveling. I didn't have a house anymore. Well, I, I had another house in, in Baltimore that was a rental, a smaller house. During my real estate times, I ended up with two houses. Uh, that's a long story. Uh, again, cheap house. People hear, oh, Adam's buying a house. Adam bought houses for $41,000 and $38,000. Okay. But those things were, uh, it's good, good investments. You got to know how to buy things low. You got to, I'm able to value undervalued things. I'm able to find undervalued things. Bitcoin was something that I found. People were saying, oh, you paid $600 a piece for a Bitcoin? That, because soon after I bought the Bitcoin, it went to a thousand, but then soon it went to 200. And that's when I started developing the, the strong hand mentality. I made my first uh, Bitcoin show in, I think, December of 2013 after I bought the first two Bitcoin, it was either November or December. In 2014, I made a couple shows. Then 2015, I really started getting into it. And 2016, it was just like nonstop freaking shows. Uh, so now I've got like 2,000 shows. And uh, yeah, I, I travel. I, don't, I go from one Airbnb to another. I met 
people from all over this planet that love Bitcoin. And just, I never could have predicted this, you know, during my height of being this Baltimore activist of, of you know, the BioBlock project. I, ne I never, I always would say, no, I'm always going to be in Baltimore. We're going to change this whole city. We're going to make this Reservoir, Reservoir Hill neighborhood is going to be awesome and blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I just expanded my, I expanded my life by so much, you know, but there's so many people that are just stuck like trees in their little worlds and they're not willing to get outside of it. And definitely Bitcoin uh, was the key to, to get me and that experience obviously woke me up. And I, I hope no one has to have experiences like that. But again, I look back from that attempted mugging with, with such pride. Like, like I beat those dudes and I, I got that. I, I had my life. They didn't take my life. And I, what a life I've had since then. It was, it's been, uh, been unbelievable. So that's, that, that, that's my background. It's a unique beast background. I, uh, fitting in is overrated. I, I, I definitely I encourage people, you know, don't try to fit in. Go, if you're, if you're, you know, there are people like Tucker Carlson out there that think, you know, if your, 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 uh, your city or your town is going down the tubes, that the government should come fix it and should give companies incentive to move there. No, you should get off your tough list and go where the, uh, uh, where, where the, where the opportunity is, or just don't complain, just stay in your old city. And maybe you can, you can find opportunity. There's always some sort of opportunity. It's just, it can kind of be rough. I mean, there's opportunity in Baltimore right now, but why put myself through all that stress? I mean, it, it is, you know, there, it is dangerous in Baltimore. People try to say, oh, there's just people who are scared. They're not used to uh, different types of people living around them. No, it is dangerous. It is really dangerous. I have been to cities all over the world. I mean, I'm in Miami right now. You, most, Every, most city I've been to, except cities in South Africa, are really much more dangerous than Baltimore City. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, the, the cities, you know, to walk safely in these Australian cities at night and European cities, it is such a pleasure. People from Baltimore cannot even, they, if they have seen what I've seen, they would quickly, the, the people, the blind followers of the mantra in Baltimore, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's only a one-off thing. Oh, it's only drug dealers killing each other. If they if they just spent a minute, of, uh, just a few, a week or two in some real cities, or peaceful cities in, in this world, they would see how ludicrous things have become there. Now, of course, I mentioned South Africa. And, and yes, South Africa is, is worse than Baltimore in, in many ways. People, when it gets dark, in South Africa, like the supermarkets close, people live in, in Johannesburg behind, they live in, they all live in walled in forts, basically. I mean, it's, it's with, with razor wire all, on the top. Um, and that's, they become close to their families because they don't like hang out at, at, at night out on the street with anybody else. They're, they're in their little uh, compound. Uh, so, so I mean, that, that's, but during the day, People are, you know, riding bikes and everything, but man, at nighttime in Johannesburg, it's kind of a freak show, man. I, I, and just, just running in, I'm a big jogger, just running in Johannesburg and, and just seeing people live like that. So it, it can get worse. It, it, it can get worse in terms of crime, in, in terms of uh, the cities of the United States. People aren't living in walled in, in compounds yet. Uh, but I, I love, I love South Africa. I love the um, the people who work in South Africa really have an incredible work ethic. I, I will tell you that there are a lot of people who don't work at all. Um, they don't have <laughs> much ethics at, at, at all, but um, 
no, South Africa is, is a beautiful country and you can definitely learn a lot there. And I do want to say, um, for those of you, um, I, can, I can do a tie into the, the, first of all, I've been telling people in South Africa uh, to buy, to get rid of their rands for a long time, to turn their rands in, in, into, uh, into Bitcoin. And uh, some of them have, uh, because it's just, it's just ridiculous. The, the, their, their government, I mean, if you think our government's uh, insane with the money, they, they, they have no clue over there. Um, but I, I, I have a friend there in, in South Africa, and uh, he was into Bitcoin earlier than me. He had a lot of Bitcoin on like a laptop. And the, the crime situation is still is so bad there that if you, if uh, some, if someone at nighttime sees, you know, your wall has fallen down or your fence has fallen down, then you're weak. I mean, you're standing out. So one night, one night, this dude, his fence, part of his fence had fallen down two days late earlier. He, he hadn't, uh, he hadn't fixed it. He hadn't fixed his fence. So some dude just uh, comes into, comes through his fence in the middle of the night, comes into his house, steals his freaking laptop. All right. So I mean, then so because the guy sold, you know, the laptop's valuable. You can get ten dollars for it or whatever. The my friend had just like taken. Luckily, luckily, he had a hundred uh, Bitcoin on or. <laughs> he had quite a lot of Bitcoin on, on, on that. I, I assume it was something like that uh, uh, on that laptop previously. So a thousand, no one knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's only worth ten bucks to the dude. So there, there's a lesson uh, for people out there um, in, in terms of your, your private key. Uh, be careful. Be, be really careful. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to keep uh, Bitcoin on their cell phones and stuff. So. You could scale it down a little bit. Why? 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 You, you wouldn't want to keep it on yourself. But that. So that's a pretty extreme example right there of a uh, of crime in South Africa combined with the uh, Bitcoin uh, storage right there. So uh, there's a little bit about uh that's there's a little bit of my what makes me tick there. I, I, I guess some people got inside my head, see the kind yeah. of things I'm, I'm interested in life in, in life because I when I go to travel, it's not a vacation for me. I live a life in these cities. I you know I I, buy, I cook. I always cook my own food. I'm among the real people. It's, I don't see the tourist stuff. I never saw the Nelson Mandela stuff at all in South Africa. Never visited it at, at all. I just, you know, I, I run on the streets. I see what's happening. I go to the supermarkets. I see how people behave. I, I, I love right. it, man. I, I love it. Yeah, you're, you're on the ground doing Satoshi's work, which <laughs> is really great because going back to your point, is about like fixing yourself before you kind of fix everyone else. And, uh, I guess it almost seems as if you, you, you've done that to an extent and you're trying your best to educate people about Bitcoin so they're motivated to fix themselves first. But, you know, when it comes to Africa, it sounds like in those emerging countries, those emerging economies, that is where a lot of the hustle kind of comes from as well. So I don't know if you think maybe you indirectly did influence some people to, to hustle or maybe you're just in uh it, like a, the right location where y'all can like vibe off of each other's hustle but i i don't know uh well yeah there, there are some people like i i was also in zimbabwe for quite some time and i, de I definitely helped some people out there I, I definitely inspired some some some, some zimbabweans but it, it's unfortunate it, it, it's it's quite unfortunate that there are some people that really really need some prodding in those countries there there are a lot of people keep on saying, you know, I, I've heard this since 2014, you know, Africa's the next huge hotbed for, for cryptocurrency, for Bitcoin. And it, it should be, 
They, if they all got into Bitcoin now, they'd be able to overthrow their governments. And it's just such a way out of their oppressive financial regime, regimes. But some people are, are pretty complacent there. Um, uh, but I, I won't give credit where credit is due. I mean, the, the, the ones that have found out about it and have jumped on the train, they're hard. It's changed their freaking lives. I mean, it's, it's given them the ability to just travel out of some of their, uh, their disgraceful situations. But I mean, like, when I was in Namibia, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't find a Bitcoin community, really. And and to this very day, there's very few people in Namibia that that are into to Bitcoin, which is sad because Namibia isn't even, in terms of African countries, it, it's not even the worst of you know it, it's it's a it's pretty uh very Western. It's it's wet. I mean, they're just you know you're not you're not going to get malaria or anything like that. <laughs> um, it, it's it's got a good infrastructure. And uh, you, know, you would think that there'd be more people in this kind of borderline areas that would get into it. Because you know, when you're living in some of these places that are completely falling apart, you know, sometimes you don't have the reliability of the, the internet even to even to find out about some of these things. So I, I would love to see some of the dudes, you know, in, in Nigeria, we know that there are a lot of hustlers and stuff. And I've never been there before. Um, but, but from what I, I can tell there, there's, uh, that, that seems to be, a, a, in Africa, that seems to be one of the, the major uh, hubs of interest. Um, and I had videos from 2016 saying, you know, get rid of your Nigerian Noria, I think that's the name of their uh, currency, and get this Bitcoin now. And they've had major inflation since then. So it, it, for all, there's so many people that try to say, oh, Bitcoin isn't really a, it's not a store of wealth. It doesn't protect your wealth. It, it's, it fluctuates so much. Dude, it, it doesn't matter when it comes to some of these African currencies, how much it freaking fluctuates, okay? You're still way ahead. If in 2015, you turn your, your crappy African currency, like the Nigerian one, into Bitcoin, you're, you're way, you're doing really well. And, and, and that, that gives you freedom to get the heck out of those places um, if you want to. But uh, I, I, uh, no, I, I do admire the guys. And, and some of these countries where you become a target if you if you become a a, a Bitcoin spokesperson in some of these countries. The government will uh, will contact you. So there there is risk there. So I'm not encouraging uh, every everyone to be uh, the Bitcoin meister uh, of their uh, their African country. I'm just you know do it on the download, dudes. And that's the beauty of Bitcoin. You can do it on the government will never find out about it um, if you're if you're stacking sats on the download in these African countries. Uh, but but there sadly is. Some people in these African countries, they're, they're so ingrained in their oppressive government regimes, they really think they need the government's approval or they need to, to buy it through government-sanctioned uh, channels. It's, it's kind of it's, it's kind Yeah, of they're, sad. they're just dependent sheep, unfortunately. Yeah, it's really it's, – and that's, that's true everywhere in the world. There's the, most people are dependent yeah. sheep. But it's, so, it's, it's kind of sad that – to see it in some of these countries where they have this pride, like we got rid of our colonial governments, and now they're like the individual—they're no individuals; they're like slaves to their their dictators. It's, it's yeah. sad. It, it, it's, it's really funny because, again, like in these emerging economies or third world countries, or whatever, you are able because they're not under U.S. rule or you know a Federal Reserve rule. I mean, they kind of are indirectly, but they these are the countries that actually experience the hyperinflation 
that actually experience that raw nature of man and in governance or it just like it hits the fan harder whereas i guess we're privileged to where we are protected because of you know the dollar and like shadow banking and hiding all this but they get to actually experience it like cold hard like on the ground whereas again we're sheltered with this financial you know screwery we don't we don't need it necessarily i mean we're living really comfortable lives if you're just a blind sheep that gets things shot in your arm and you know you listen to the narrative and, and you just live really white picket fence in the United States, you're living a great life compared to most people in in the world like a really great life in these other countries like when i was in zimbabwe people were lining up for hours in the bank just to get 50 bucks out of the bank so they could you sent, give the 50 bucks to their brother in South Africa. You cannot, you cannot wire money out of the country in, in Zimbabwe at, at that time, at least uh, through your, your banks. I mean, it, it was totally, the capital controls are ridiculous in these countries. So if you had Bitcoin, you were totally, you could send uh, money to your brother or whatever, anywhere in the world. All right. But so, uh, and then it, the banks would run out of money eventually. So what would you do? Well, they would just sleep. That people, you couldn't get your 50 bucks, you can't go, you need the 50 bucks, you sleep in the line, then you, the next day you get your 50 bucks, whatever. So I mean, that's the, and again, Zimbabwe's got a pretty good infrastructure. You don't need malaria shots or anything like that there. Um, you know, people here in Zimbabwe, they think, they really think, they, they, they probably think about like uh, totally really nasty, uh, disgusting, you know, people uh, just, just no, they, they, everything works there. Things don't work that well anymore because they haven't maintained things. But again, the, the infrastructure that uh, that was left behind uh, is it, still there. So uh, it, it's the people, uh, it, it's sad that they're stuck in, well, they don't, they don't have to be stuck in, in their little, in the worlds created by their, you know, the Robert Mugabe's of the world. But, but they do need the Bitcoin. And uh, a few of them definitely did 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 wake up to the Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, I was there. I was at a Bitcoin conference there during Robert Mugabe's freaking reign. Okay, and it, it was it was during a time they were not in hyperinflation. They were just they were totally living all their everything was denominated in dollars. Their bank accounts had dollars. They didn't have their own money there. They didn't have it was just U.S. dollars. That was the main currency and South African rand. It, it was quite an interesting experiment much better than them printing their own money. Whenever Zimbabwe prints their own money, it's, it's hyperinflation to the freaking moon. Uh, and uh, that's why I, I see no, uh, I really hope more people uh, in 2016 bought a Bitcoin than, than I thought did back then. Quite a, a few did. Yeah, and right now it's never too late, Zimbabwe. It's never too late anymore to anyone in, this, in these countries. Because you no, know, the one thing you can depend on in these countries if, you, if you've got a national currency, it will be inflated away eventually. It will be inflated away eventually. So why, why not get your, your hands on real money when, whenever you have the freaking chance? It is ne never, too, never too late. And they de definitely need it uh, for, for basic financial freedoms, just to wire money out of the freaking country. Um, you, you're under total uh, government control over there. Yeah, it seems like you've always been a real fixer-upper in a way, and you always are able to find opportunity even before it's like forecasted to kind of boom because that's where you started in Baltimore 
and now you're kind of moving these like philanthropic efforts in that places like Africa and, and everything. Like, do you feel like you've always uh, been that way, or? Well, I'm a, I'm a long-term I mean, thinker. Because it also seems that you apply kind of like the the buy low, sell high, but in like also this humanitarian effort. Well, I, I, you know, it, it, the humanitarian stuff now is just coming. It's coming naturally because I, I'm not going out of my way to like say, oh, I'm going to help the poor Africans or whatever. No, I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't do that. I, I I go where people invite me, and I love to experience new things. I am a law. I am able to defer gratification. That that I have been always good with, and I've always been interested in the future, and I've always seen the future as a, as a positive, awesome thing. And humanity, and again, it, there have been times where I, I, I did have a mindset like, oh my God, I, I, oh, I have, everyone overblows things at some point in their life. They see something that's kind of worrisome and they think, uh oh, it can only get worse from here. And, you know, th th there was a, but I, I, I learned from that that, you know what? I lived through the Obama years, which were going to be the end of the world. And I lived through the fight, and it wasn't the end of the world. Plenty of people did well. But you, you cannot put these people on pedestals. You cannot let people, other people control your lives. Politicians control your lives. Ignore who the freaking president is. Keep making yourself better. And unfortunately, what's happened over the last four years on both, both sides of the aisle, more and more people are living vicariously through politicians. They're not living their lives anymore. It's all a game. It's all a sports game for them. Like, oh, my team uh, beat your team on Twitter today. It's, I call it anti-assets. It's not an asset. You're wasting your time. You're, you're becoming poor. You're, you're wasting time where you could be getting real assets by living your life through this weird social media competition between left and right, Dem and Repub, whatever it is. You're just playing into it. You're just giving, you're giving away your power. To them so yeah, like like the state is already a liability and like taxing you and with inflation and everything so like you investing your time towards it is just making it that much worse now so when you when you said before you know with the philanthropic stuff uh i believe per personal responsibility is new counterculture so my what that me preaching that that personal responsibility who is that going to affect the most it's going to affect the the most the people who are under these oppressive regimes and who are buying into these oppressive regimes and who think the world is ending for them. I'm showing them an example like, no, 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 you can change it. You, you can get out, figure out a way to get out of there. Don't be a tree, get out of there, figure out ways around it. There always, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And so, uh, and, and be free. I'm just, I'm just preaching freedom. I, I don't, I don't try to, to target anyone specifically and, you know, do the whole guilt thing. Like it's my fault that you're, that you're unfree. No, it's not my fault that you're unfree. You figure out a way to, to be, to get out of there. It's, it's your dictator's fault, obviously, but there comes, there comes a point in time where if you can hear my freaking voice, if you can watch me on YouTube, you've got the infrastructure to figure out a way to get out of your freaking situation. Okay. And it might take some time and it's going to take some planning. But that's that's what I'm all about, and uh, I'm about the long-term thinking and being positive and just just realizing that you know you could, the future is bright and uh, freedom is very important. So uh, I, I I don't like to say you know I the world the word philanthropic uh, 
there's a, there's a certain like sacrificial aspect to it. Um, and I, I'm not into, I'm not sacrificing for anyone. I am, I am, you know, some people, I, I was going to make a show about this. A lot of people say uh, with Bitcoin, I'm not in Bitcoin because of the money. I'm not, I'm not in it. You know what? I am in Bitcoin because of the money. I don't want the government to take my money. I don't want the government to inflate my money, to, to confiscate my bank account. I don't want the government to do what these other governments do to people's money. Okay. So yeah, I'm in it for the money. I'm in it to protect my freaking wealth. I am definitely in, in this thing because I don't want to, to wake up one day and have nothing anymore. So, so that there are a lot of people that are like, oh, I'd like the technology behind it and you know, come up with all these stories and maybe they're telling the truth. I don't, or I'm trying to help poor people all over the world. I'm, I'm protecting my freaking wealth here. So I'm definitely in it for the money. And it's, it's been good to me. It, it's been good to me. Uh, I, I'm not some C-U-C-K that's going to sit there and just, and just wait for the government to make up suit some new taxation rule or some new, like, Oh, you, you, you know, just to, to have all these, uh, uh, with real estate, it's such an attack vector. If you're, if you've got all your wealth in real estate, you are vilified. If you're a landlord, you're, you're, you're a slumlord, you're the worst of the worst, and you're all the, all the politicians are like, yeah, what's a little bit more taxation on him? Well, let's let's rob a little bit more from, from them. I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want to be with those assets. I want to be in an asset where I'm, I, you know, I am protecting my wealth the best way I possibly can. So yeah, I'm, I'm in Bitcoin for the money because it is the best way to protect my wealth. Yeah, and it's beautiful because it does what like free market capitalism, even the word capitalism rubs me the wrong way these days because people conflate it with, you know, corporatism. But what Bitcoin allows is actual like free markets and entrepreneurship is really sacrificing, uh, you know, your time and labor, but into something that you care about because you identify a problem and that in itself rewards you in profit, but your profit in work is exemplified through the service that you provide to others who find quality in that as well. So it's a flywheel effect where it's at everyone's advantage to be self-interested. And like, this is what true markets should be doing. Yes, this is the true free market. And I just, I just want to remind everyone that in the true free market, you're going to have liars and scammers and people trying to, 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 to come up with all sorts of uh, FUD to scare you out of your Bitcoin, to try to manipulate the market, okay? So uh, you just got to be ready. You got to be aware of this, people. Like, but Adam, that's why we need regulations to protect the, us from that, the scammers. Yeah, that's a, and that, that's the beautiful thing because still there are plenty of Bitcoiners that go down that road that are like, well, no, no, I don't like that uh, – that the market crashed uh, 20,000 because too many people thought Elon Musk uh, was important. Uh, he should be punished because of that. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about him. It comes into the market. If there's true value in Bitcoin, it doesn't matter what he says. And there is true value in Bitcoin. You don't need uh, governments to punish anyone uh, through, because of, uh, you know, some of the, because somebody came up with ripple, you know, I'm, I'm no fan of freaking ripple. Okay. I'm no fan of freaking Ripple, but I think if some dude wants to print up his own money, let him print up his own money. It doesn't, it's not going to help Bitcoin any, any bit. If uh, they put the, the, the SEC puts the Ripple guys in jail or finds them or, or whatever. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's all about revenge and scapegoating, I think. And I, I'm not about revenge or scapegoating. I'm not, 
you know, people trying to figure, why did Bitcoin drop so much? Well, you know, they, they try to find scapegoats and say, you see, that guy was the problem. You know, you know, all these, they're all different sorts of market players out there. Everybody plays their role. Sometimes people play an oversized role. Who cares? They'll go, they'll go away. I don't care about Elon Musk crashing the market. Apparently I'm not, I don't want to destroy him or cancel him. I still think he's doing great stuff with the Mars stuff. You know, he, he's got, he's an interesting dude. You cannot agree with someone 100% of the time, people. Uh, and you can learn from people that you you disagree with. People Just get that through your head. Because there are a lot of young people out there today that just, just think, oh, the guy's a Republican. I, I can't, no, I can't learn a thing from him. I, I, can't, I can't even resemble a Republican anymore. That's why I must, there are people out there on social media. It's unbelievable. They're like, I'm going to continue wearing my mask because I don't want to look like a Republican. I mean, you freaking slate. Yeah. You freaking slate. You're just admitting that you don't think, and this whole thing's been political for you, and it's all about fitting in and, and, and being on a team. So when I, I, people can get like that in cryptocurrency world too, okay, in the Bitcoin world too. You could, some of these people who like Ethereum and who also, they also have Bitcoin. People want to like burn at the freaking stake. I call it, at, I call it the, uh, the Bitcoin Inquisition, and some people call it Ethereum derangement syndrome. Just, just okay. I, I, I'm not about. Uh, I I have learned a plenty from people like Vinny Lingham, who's definitely dabbled his his more than dabbled his toes in the altcoin land. Um, but I mean, I, I would not be in the financial situation if I that I'm in right now if I had not encountered uh, this. I don't know if you know who Vinny Lingham is, but he's. Uh, He's, a, he's an entrepreneur um, who actually was born in South Africa and everything, and who has definitely gotten more and more into altcoins over time. And he's not always right, but um, he was the first guy in, uh, in 2016. He gave me a legitimate reason why. He said in 2017, Bitcoin's going to get to $3,000. And this was when Bitcoin was like $500 in 2016. And he, he was definitely right about that thing. And uh, the reasons he gave uh, were all are all things that have happened or will eventually happen. Um, and uh, he, he, he was the first person I ever heard talk about, eventually governments are going to buy Bitcoin uh, for, for, you know, in, in their treasuries. Uh, just like, uh, you know, now we have corporations doing that. Um, eventually governments will do that. And that's just something, on days like this or on 48 hour periods like this, where Bitcoin goes down by $20,000 or whatever, you got to realize that no country has said, I am, you know, we are stacking sats here. We are in our treasury. We're keeping Bitcoin. We're keeping gold. In I mean, no, not publicly. Not publicly. But once it's addressed, when it's announced publicly, and one day right. it will be announced publicly, that's going to create quite a storm because the other countries are going to, that aren't doing it are going to want to do it. It's going to be, a, it's going to spiral up uh, the price of, of, of Bitcoin. So we've not even gotten to, this is that point yet in the whole Bitcoin evolution. And we know something like that's going to happen. And we also know, totally. we also know that Apple, and I say this a lot, Apple is valued at $2.1 trillion and that Bitcoin, Bitcoin is bigger than any company on earth. So Bitcoin will have to be worth more than any company on earth too. So, I mean, we're one day closer to Bitcoin being, uh, you know, having a market capitalization of uh, over $2.1 trillion. It's just, it will happen eventually. And you just, on, on, on it's, it's the inevitable. Bitcoin always returns to its all time high. People forget these things. 
because they're short-term thinkers and they're impulsive yeah. and they, they get into these doom holes where it's 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 different this time it's the end of the world this time the the u.s the china fud is serious this time elon musk is the second richest man on earth so it's different no it's not it's i've seen it all come and go all the fud come and go it's uh bitcoins nothing's changed with bitcoin its monetary policy is the same and that is one of the most if not the most valuable aspect of bitcoin it has the most reliable monetary policy in the history of mankind i mean it's it just it is what it is it's not changing and people find value in that because in this world today there's very little truth anymore people don't know what truth is every truth is constantly yeah. changing the whole world is constantly changing bitcoin does not change it is it is reliability in a uh, sea of chaos. And, uh, you know, smart, smart investors can, uh, smart long-term investors can identify that. Pound that like button, by the way, people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing why I, I still have like a peace of mind about everything, even being somewhat kind of new. But like I was already a libertarian before the whole Bitcoin thing. So it was like an easy transition. But yeah, like you can't change it. Like nothing that people, individuals do, like they may be able to manipulate the price or like whatever, or people's emotions change the price, but that doesn't change what Bitcoin actually is. That doesn't change the 21 million supply cap. That doesn't change just how conservative and hard it is to actually change it because it's the first truly decentralized thing ever. And it's uh, again, a nice reminder that this is, manifestation of a true free market and because it's not always mooning for the growth for the sake of growth itself because it's having these corrections people are not willing like us to delay that gratification and to actually put in the time and effort and learn what this thing is and actually understand that this is good for us in fact it is a sale and you should be taking advantage of this uh just as you were describing you know like value investing earlier and just opportunism and uh, this is going to humble a lot of people um but i i'm wondering not to get like too conspiratorial but it, it, is this all like retail emotion people just not understanding it or do you think that there are some other like players behind the scene that can somehow like spread the right fud and make the price dump other than just like Elon saying stupid stuff, d depending on what his motives are well, the, and causing people to sell. The Elon saying stupid stuff sparked things because we have a lot of impulsive retail in here. I mean, look, in a world where Dogecoin has pumped to where it has pumped, we've got a lot of irrational, irrational people in this space, okay, who are very impulsive. And they're welcome to be here. So most people are irrational most of the time. I mean, they really are. They don't, they don't use their head most of the time. And it, there's herd mentality most of the time. So it doesn't take mo much for these newbies uh, to create waves like this, okay? And that's, it's a huge part of what is going on right now. Uh, and let them do, you know, you're talking, you mentioned, you know, people have to learn Bitcoin and, and understand Bitcoin. They don't, they don't even control their own private keys. They've got their cryptocurrency at Robinhood. The, mo most people that are in Bitcoin right now, I would say, or in crypto, whole cryptocurrency space, they have their cryptocurrency at a place 
where they can easily flip it immediately for a dollar. Yeah. I mean, I, I, immediately. So if they and can I understand do, that like most people won't have to grok Bitcoin to like buy it in the first place. Yeah, and, and, and that's it's it's sad. Like, unfortunately, that won't be the normal, but you know they'll have it regardless, even if it's like a derivative or whatever. Yeah, well, again, most people don't understand what really owning Bitcoin is about because most people don't really own Bitcoin. It's that Coinbase or it's that Robinhood or it's it's wherever. So when when the going gets tough, they can easily just get get rid of it, and they don't even understand what they're getting rid of it. If they if they kept it on their trezor or their ledger or whatever, they would. Most of these people have never sent a Bitcoin. Okay, truly sent a Bitcoin. Had typed in a Bitcoin address to send it. They don't know how to send a Bitcoin yet. They own twenty different cryptocurrencies. They think they own twenty different cryptocurrencies. So when we're dealing, when most of the people in the space are like that, you're going to have when someone they worship, they, they and they are they're prone to pedestal people. You're going to see things like this, and then yes, there are people, there are entities out there that are traders that always that always are going to sell the freaking news, okay, and are always going to short Bitcoin on on events like this because they know that the normies are just gonna are gonna play into it and are gonna panic even more. And you know what? It, it's it's not it's not nefarious. It's not, it's just, that's how markets work. There are, that's how some people trade. Some people make their money through on bad days, on, on weak hands. And that's just part of any market. And we're going to, you just deal, just deal with it. I say, um, and, uh, you as, as an individual, what's best for you. It's not to gamble. It's not to play these, these little games that these dudes are playing. Um, because when you're going back and forth, back and forth, you're on Coinbase, especially if you're going back and forth, back and forth into the dollar. This is all taxable events that will be reported to the IRS and you will have to pay taxes on it. And the, the, the true strong hands that just keep things on their trezor and never sell, that, that's, that's not a taxable event when you just keep things like that. But most of these normies, they, they just play into it. They are tax slaves. They are used to this stuff. They are not using Bitcoin for freedom. They are using Bitcoin as a way to get more dollars or, 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 or just weird speculative stuff that they don't even understand. I mean, that, that's all. If people just understood how to even send a Bitcoin, okay, it, we wouldn't have such fluctuations. But I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. We, there's so much more room to grow in the space. We've got so many more people that are going to come into this. So that, that's why I know we're going to have bigger fluctuations than this. We're going to have bigger oddities than this. We're going to have other huge names talking about scarier things. This whole environmental FUD, this is just the tip of the freaking iceberg, dude. This is going to be the FUD we're going to be dealing with for so long, okay? Who knows who's the next person to say, uh, I'm going to sell my Bitcoin because I'm protecting the environment, okay? And so that's why you don't put people on pedestals. All right. He didn't even say he was selling his Bitcoin. He was just saying, he said, my company's not accepting Bitcoin anymore. And, and people think that's the freaking end of the world or whatever. So um, I, I don't think if you're getting at like, is the United States government trying to manipulate Bitcoin behind the scenes? Do they have people that are buying and selling and doing all these things? Do they have a nefarious plan? No, no, I don't think so at all. I think they're completely inefficient. They're idiots. Um, I mean, have you ever seen people that work in, in government at the post office, at the DMV, 
this is who works in many aspects of our government. Um, they're more concerned about woke issues, about just, you know, how many uh, diversity hires we can have. And the more diversity hires that they, they hire, you know, people just based on, you know, what, what sex they think they are, or, you know, what, what they wear, or, you know, what they've cut off in their bodies or whatever. The more people like that that they hire, and the more drama that they create uh, in their HR departments, and, uh, you know, the less time they have to worry about to ruin our lives. So let them go down their insane rabbit holes. Um, because, and so I, I don't really see, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to try to scare people about Bitcoin, but I don't think they have a master plan. I don't think Joe Biden is worse than Trump's administration, really, uh, in terms of like master plans to destroy Bitcoin. In terms of overall taxation, of course, the Biden administration is more ridiculous than the Trump administration. I mean, the proposed, uh, you know, short-term uh, capital gains taxes are ridiculous, but uh, there's, there's, there's not, a lot of people are like, think, think the NSA is going to destroy Bitcoin. You know, there's all these imperatives behind the scenes. Dudes, it, it's the government. They don't really have that. They, they, some people don't like Bitcoin, but the government is, you know, their way of fighting Bitcoin is creating FedCoin eventually. And let them do that. Let them freaking do that. And, you know, all the Bitcoin haters that hate decentralized altcoins, you know, and, and, and that are worried about the government at the same time, if you're really worried about government conspiracies and the government trying to stop Bitcoin, um, the first thing they're going to, they're going to attack the easy attack vectors. And that, that's Ripple and all these other altcoins that you, you want to see destroyed and that you think people shouldn't be wasting their time. And indeed, I, I wouldn't buy any of them. But they are shields for Bitcoin, okay? They yeah. are, these, these altcoins are, are, are definitely, if the government wants to make a statement, it's going to be on them first and on the ICOs and, and the, the NFTs and all, all these weird things out there. So, uh, yeah, sure, there are ridiculous things out there, but they, they do serve as a shield uh, for Bitcoin. So I am, I am not, I, I have not been paranoid about uh, the government destroying the whole party. I, I'm in the Bitcoin in the first place because I know it, it's already beyond the government's reach, okay? And so I don't, I don't go down these uh, conspiratorial rabbit holes where they're going to all of a sudden figure out a way to hack it or uh, they're the ones who've been behind it all along. Just all, these are all no-coiner excuses. This is what you read in the comments section of you know Peter Schiff videos of the guys who just bought into gold forever and ever. They come up with all these these weird sayings, uh, weird weird theories, and uh, it, it's it's excuse it's just excuse making. Dudes, we're living in a golden age. Get get get, get into what's on the tip of the sphere sphere right now, and that is that is uh, that is Bitcoin right now. It is it is uh, you know there are all these people that wish they could have been living in the year two thousand when the internet was just starting its big boom with the dot-com era and whatnot. You're living in something much bigger right now uh, in, in terms of this, this technological golden age that we're living in and uh, the, the evolution of money. And, and Bitcoin is the way for any person. You could be in freaking Zimbabwe, as we were talking about beforehand. You could be in Argentina. You could be in the wealthiest country in the world and you can get into it. So uh, th th these, these weird conspiratorial excuses, you know, it, it's fun to write... Uh, to fiction, if you want to be a fiction writer, you know, go ahead. 
you know, monetize your, your stories. But if you're not monetizing these stories, you're just wasting your time and you're living in a doom hole. Uh, so uh, that, that, that's, that, that's my, uh, and again, this, this word manipulation in free markets, everyone is entitled to try to manipulate. It, yes. it really, it, the, the, <laughs> and when the government controls the amount of money that's out there and who gets it first, yeah, then you can have government, true government manipulation. But the government cannot, um, they cannot, they cannot really, uh, uh, they, they cannot limit this Bitcoin free market. They, they have no pa true power over it. They, they don't have any more, more power than a regular person does. I mean, they could try to buy a lot of Bitcoin and then, then dump a lot of Bitcoin. I don't, I don't think they're going to try to do that. But yeah. uh, they don't, they don't, they have uh, as much power over Bitcoin as you and I do. They, they really do because they don't, they don't control its the issuance of it at all. And, and it's totally different in the world of the dollar. Uh, they have total control over it and we have none because we have no control over the issuance of it. Yeah, I won't, I won't mince words here. It's an invitation uh, for fuck around and find out in Bitcoin. And that's really how you get to the next level. But I agree with all that. All the shit coins and everything are, are shields and distractions. Maybe some of them are good for R&D or whatever. But if it's worth something lasting, it'll be on Bitcoin. And it really just takes patience. And in that interim of time that you have, uh, learn how to develop that patience into something productive, like learning about Bitcoin. And then as you kind of hint it towards the end, monetize your FUD if you can through like a novel or something but it, it's just a sea of opportunity you just need to open your eyes and, and look at what's in front of you but but yeah i i wholeheartedly agree with all that you're uh you're, you're gonna be in miami obviously you're there already right or are you just in florida i'm in miami baby i uh you know i spent uh i spent basically the first three months of the year here and I loved it so much that uh, I came back just uh, what a week ago now, and I'm I'm here until after the conference. Of so this is going to be the best. Uh, big, are you going to be at the conference? Yeah. Oh, dude, it'll be great to meet you in person. Yeah, 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 man. It'll be everybody that's appeared on my show. Well, not everybody, but so many people uh, that I haven't met in person. I'm going to be able to meet in person. It's just so many. Some people are stuck in states where they've been on, in lockdown for so long. This is going to be such a relief. This is the first time they're getting on planes. I mean, oh I've my been, god yeah I, i've been i've been on plenty of planes in the last year. i feel like for uh, people from a lot of the like the cuck states it's gonna be like the kid that was sheltered in high school and goes to college and just like let's lose dude tell that light one that is the perfect freaking uh comparison there that's the perfect <laughs> that that really is that 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 really is uh, uh how it's gonna be there, there's gonna be some people vomiting quite a bit <laughs> and uh and just just really uh enjoying themselves so uh, i i i it, it's gonna who knows, it might make some mainstream news here we're talking like ten thousand people i I, yeah. think. I mean this is and uh, you know i i i, I, like, really, I don't know how that matches with like coachella or anything else but you know for like a conference like this i i can only imagine that's you know huge and just compare if we didn't have if all the things that, that didn't happen in the last year, well, that have happened in the last year didn't happen, this was originally scheduled for March of 2020 in yep. San Francisco, okay? 
and I was going to go to it. Um, and then we, we, you know, we had this horrible virus. Uh, the virus wasn't horrible, but the panic was, was horrible over it. And um, yeah. And it's just, if this wouldn't have happened, the San Francisco 2020 event would not have been anywhere close to as important and as, as big of an event and what this all means, what this has evolved into. But it's, it's showing that Florida, I mean, Miami, this could be the new tech hub of the world. They could not have this thing in California. They wanted yeah. to have it in 2021 and they still couldn't have it. All these weird rules and nonsense. And so many people have gotten out of California now and want nothing to do with it. And this is kind of really like the, man the physical manifestation of all that, that people are gonna see it in front of their eyes. Um, just like what it means to, to do something in Florida compared to what it means to do something in California. And, and by the way, now, I, and they are letting up the restrictions in California, um, you know, partially because the government. I know, but they take so much pride in getting vaxxed and be like, everyone needs to. I feel great after my second one. This is how we get back to normal. And they, again, they're just naturally uh bred to believe this indoctrination and it's just disappointing like some of the podcasts and stuff that i listen to that aren't bitcoin related i'm just like i like you a little less now but it's like <laughs> they don't have any other options like they think this is the only way instead Dude, of sticking it fear is so powerful there, there are plenty of bitcoiners at the beginning of this uh whole uh, panic a year ago i was shocked they, they yeah, all was, of a sudden were status frankly they, they were status and then I never had these dudes on my shows again. I'm not naming names, but uh, people who pay close attention to my show, uh, they, they, they can tell who hasn't been on the show for a freaking year and, and stuff. I mean, it, 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 was, it was shocking. But then, you know, going back to California, the freaking sociopathic governor over there, um, he really, you know, once he got this recall thing going, he realized like, wait, wait a second. You know, I, I've taken it to a certain level. It, it's great that Americans have this... Uh, uh, you know, in different states, you have different ways of, of putting your middle finger up to the government. It's like the Tenth Amendment's actually a thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. So um, he 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 did. Uh, he's he's letting off off the restrictions on June fifteenth, apparently, or something like that. For all you all Californians, I would still rather be. So for the Californians who who signed all the recall petitions, he's not going to get recalled. But it, it it definitely it definitely woke him up okay um so there, there are there definitely are things people can do the little things you know they're all there there's some people that are like oh what's up with not wearing the mask it's you know it's so just just do it you're not making a difference you know there, there comes a point you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere that was a pretty easy way to draw the line in the sand imagine people were just like that ah. if every single person was like yeah the masks are fine then the government would take another step. What's what's the step after that? What's the step after like if everybody's compliant on the mask? What's what's the next thing? I I, I don't even want to imagine what the next thing would have been. So for all those people who are like, oh, couldn't you just go along, get along, and just you know just just do it? You're no 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 no. There there gotta be people that speak up against it because you don't know what the next government overreach uh, step is. And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna you know. I don't know if people in California are more prone to following uh, government orders than others. I don't know, but because there are plenty of people in California. I, I mean, I don't want to generalize like that at all because there are plenty of people in California that were super fed up. I think the general aura on social media coming from California is exactly what you described. There's, there seem to be a lot. I mean, Hollywood's there. So there are a lot of loud voices that are compliant. 
But I mean, deep down, Silicon Valley was built on defiance. It really was built on defiance. Yeah. And so there are some people that have that at their core, and that, but still they want to fit in, so they've quietly left California. Or they or just don't want to lose their, their jobs because they have families and everything, and yeah. California is expensive yeah. as it is. It's, it's so an it's attack. like they're forced into this compliance, but uh, they're, they're probably stacking silently on the side. Well, if they were truly stacking silently to a certain level, they could be- They could leave. Oh, more defiant. They could be openly more defiant. And there are people that That's are like true. that. There that are fuck you money element of Bitcoin, like when I see some of the big like voices on Twitter, it's like they have no fear because they know they got their stack, if anything else. Well, that's me. That that's me. I I, I say what I'm going to say about it. Every every uh, political. I mean, I got suspended for YouTube for three months because of uh, uh, talking about uh, the, the virus and everything. Uh, so I, 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 I be a unique beast. Get into a situation that is freedom. That is freedom of speech. Get into a situation where you've got that financial backing, where it doesn't matter if you get fired or you work for yourself. Or, or whatever, where you know, where fitting in, where you know fitting in is overrated. It, it takes a mental state because, you know, pe- people don't want to lose their friends. People don't want to lose their online friends. Dude, they're not truly your friends if, you, if, if you're worried about stuff like that, okay? And I, I understand, you know, having kids and having a wife is, is awesome for some people, but in a sense, they can be attack vectors right there. You don't want to ruin the kid's social life. The wife is nagging you. Why are you posting this uh, mask video? And, I mean, it's th- th- there are issues that everyone's got to deal with. And uh, but before you buy into like you know the whole uh, normie lifestyle, you know weigh the pros and cons. Weigh weigh, weigh, weigh the pros and cons, dudes. And uh, for all all the people out there, and I'm going to do a a video on this soon enough. You know that all the people that are like I I don't need to control my own private key. I, Coinbase, they insure, you know, it, it, they insure my Bitcoin and they're going to, you know, if something went wrong over there, they, they say it's insured, they're going to bail me out, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, to a certain level, I don't, I don't look into you know, all the specifics, but, you know, Coinbase is very well capitalized now, obviously. It is a Bitcoin bank, obviously. And in theory, what these people are saying might be true. Like, um, you know, if something went wrong, Coinbase would be, you know, Coinbase got hacked. They would, they would still bail everyone out. You know, that, that, that might be true, but people are not thinking about the unconfiscatable aspect of Bitcoin, okay? There's the other side of the coin here, okay? Let's say you're keeping a million dollars worth. You don't trust yourself with a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. You should. That's the reason, you know, control, you know, having uh, power over your money is what this is all about. But hey, let's say you're Joe Normie. You did well with the Bitcoin. You kept it. You got a million dollars at Coinbase. You think you're a freaking millionaire, and then uh, all of a sudden, your your wife files for divorce, and uh, well, what what you know if you controlled your own private key, you know your wife couldn't take your Bitcoin at, at your Coinbase bank. You better believe if the if the judge orders the Coinbase bank to to give half your Bitcoin to your wife, they're going to do it. Okay, so, so so there you go people who love to be insured and everything like that. And I'm not giving you some like um, something that's weird or odd, like uh, the government classifying you as a, as a, a, a terrorist and saying the Coinbase confiscate all his money. 
No, no, no. I'm talking about something that happens to like half the people in the United States that are getting married. Don't like half the people in the United States that get married get divorced? So this is, uh, this is one of the, uh, you know, people don't talk about this, but this is what unconfiscatable is freaking all about. When you really control your Bitcoin, you're not going to have to deal with an issue like what I just uh, told you. But uh, for those who love the comfortability and reliability of Coinbase and, and you know, being insured by a, 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 a Bitcoin bank, in the end of the day, that's what you deal with. So really learn about Bitcoin. Really learn about your freaking, uh, what controlling your private key is about. Because I get all these people all the time, you know, because I made these little TikTok videos, about, like one of them was like, get your Bitcoin off of Coinbase. And people were like, why, why? It's insured, it's, it's safe, I won't lose it. I just, I, just, I just gave you a pretty good why right there. Half, half people get divorced. So, um, so a, a judge, Coinbase follows, uh, follows the letter of the law. If a judge tells them to do something, they're gonna do it. Uh, and it's and you will quickly learn um, that uh, that you're just uh, it, it's just like you kept your wealth at Bank of America. I mean, you know, that, that's oh, these banks. People complain, complain, complain about the banks and the fees and the un you know how unreliable it was and like oh that they wouldn't let me take six hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars of cash out at a time. You know all these complaints and then some of these people just circle back. They get in the Bitcoin and then they end up in the same loop of like having a Bitcoin bank because it's of the convenience. There is definitely a price of convenience, people. And just personal responsibility. Learn it. Learn to be self-sovereign. Don't, don't rely on these third parties. It was about getting out of the third party mentality. But a lot of people just have looped back into the third party mentality. And you know what? Good for Coinbase that the, they, they created a, a business that, that can do this. All right? They're making tons of money off of it. They're not forcing anyone to do this at all. But you know, most people, most people, it's worse than keeping than keeping their freaking uh, money at uh, Coinbase. Most people are just uh, you know keeping it at Robinhood or something ridiculous like that. Um, anyway, enough enough of that uh, that rant. I need to get that off my uh, uh, that Coinbase thing off my chest. I I've been thinking about that uh, that that lately. It's in, it's insured. It's safe. Yeah, no, I'm glad you got that off your chest. That message can't get spread out enough. Sovereignize yourself, people, if anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Adam, this has been awesome. I'm going to be uh, gracious w with your time. Yeah, thank you. I am stoked <laughs> to meet you in person. And yeah, it's just, it, this is my first actual bull run to be a part of and like to be in Bitcoin. So it's going to be uh, interesting and I, I feel fortunate to, see all things that are uh that are to come and uh just just watch watch and learn I, well I i'll say uh, to quote axel rose welcome to the jungle baby welcome to the <laughs> freaking jungle <laughs> this is this is it's we got fun and games here baby this is yeah. uh it's 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 wild stuff and uh it is an adventure and uh it when you live through you know 48 hour periods where it, it drops down as much as it has, it makes it so much sweeter when Bitcoin gets back to its all-time high. And you know that you didn't panic, you didn't do anything ridiculous. It's quite a glorious so, people. It's quite quite a glorious feeling. All right, dude. Well, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. You, you, it's it, I, I, everybody. You know, I, I, 
you're doing good stuff over there. I, I you know, I, I, I'm kind of burnt out in, in the whole podcast thing, you know, with, with my own. Frankly, channels. I am too a little bit. And there's just so much out there already. Like some days it's like, do I need to do this? I mean, no. isn't there enough? You know, you, you don't need to do it. Just do it. Do what makes you happy, Dan. And you definitely seem happy. And uh, it's I'm, I'm great that Coin Beast introduced us, man. I, I'm, oh uh, yeah! Before we sign off, uh, just talk about you know how you got involved with that and what you plan on on doing with them. I mean, John's a great guy. I he was a fan of mine since I think 2017 or so. He contact you know a, a nice uh, Quebecer. And uh, he contacted me over the years. I met him in person at the uh, Calgary Bitcoin Rodeo in 2018. And we bounced ideas off of each other for a few years. And he just, he came up with this, he's a hardcore Bitcoiner. So he wanted to, you know, a, a, he wanted to reach out to TikTokers. <laughs> with with a, a, a true Bitcoin voice, he thought I had the energy to do it. I think he, he was correct in, 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 in having me be the TikTok guy because I, I I got high energy and they like that. But my Lord, they are they really don't want to learn too much. I have learned from them. I have definitely learned from them. I give John and the Coinbeast guys all the credit in the world to trying to reach out to the most impulsive people on the planet, which are probably TikTokers. <laughs> at, 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 because I mean they're the ones that like are Definitely, they're not keeping their Bitcoin at Robinhood. They're keeping their Dogecoin. I mean, Bitcoin's not even a thing to them. Um, but I think Coinbeast is trying to do good things. And um, just, you know, I, I'll, uh, I like them. I like what they're doing. And uh, I like the, the group of people that are trying to get together. And um, I'm happy to be associated with, with John and, and everybody over there. It, it's, it's been an interesting experience uh, being the TikTok guy. And uh, I again, you can learn from you can learn from the normies, and I de I've definitely gained knowledge from those TikTok people just about behavior, about her behavior, about her mentality, and it's just it's it's made my my hand even stronger. And I I just, I just want to point out you know, part of that story was meeting John in person um, at the Bitcoin Rodeo, which was not even up that big of a you know compared to what we're about to see in Florida, it was nothing. It was just, you know, it was a fun event. I, I give all the guys the credit who put on that thing in Calgary. I really loved my introduction to freaking Alberta. Alberta, the best freaking province in Canada, okay? The most freedom-loving province. Um, and that was a great introduction. But I got to say, if I had that network opportunity for that small event, all you people that are going to be in Miami, this is going to be the ultimate in-motion networking event Get rich off of each other, dudes. This is, millionaires will be made at this thing, okay? New, the ideas that are going to come out of, out, out of this are going to be so exciting. You, you know, we just said, you know, be happy. If, if you're not happy doing a podcast, don't do it, all right? But you're going to be creative. If you're going to be at this event, come up with new happy ideas. And I think we're going to have all sorts of new partnerships for them, all sorts of new, and I'm going to be doing interviews there. So I'm going to have new content. Again, I'm burnt out on content, but this is going to give me a lot of content, um, uh, th this event. So I'm so excited about it. And I'm just, for the people that are watching this, that are going to be there, come up to me, say hello. You will see, I am just the same dude you see on the internet. And if you've got ideas, pitch them to me, man. Again, I need, part of the reason I'm burnt out with all this, uh, 
video stuff is because of all the administrative nonsense, making the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the gifts, whatever you call them, the, the little pictures and just the whole social media stuff. The, what's it called? What are the little pictures called? I, Stills. I, I, yeah, yeah, whatever. I can't even think. I think of it. I don't know. Uh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Screenshots. Yeah. Uh, so, dudes, opportunities. Miami, be in motion. Thumbnails. Uh, thumbnails. God, I couldn't. I couldn't think of the world. <laughs> I need. I only got. You know, I got to take a nap after this. Get you your eight sleep. hours of sleep, people. Eight hours of sleep. That's your health tip of the day. I only drink water. That's another health tip of the day. Pound that like button. Boom. All right. I love it. Right, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. And uh, I think I like my slogan at, at the end of uh, every podcast is so appropriate for what we talked about. And that's just own your failure because God knows our so-called leaders don't. And I hope if anything, people can take that away after our chat. But Adam, th- this was awesome, dude. Can't wait to see you in person. All right. And, I, like, uh, I, I like that saying. That's very responsible of you. Own it is. Self-ownership, people. All right. Awesome. See ya. I'll stop it.